The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome into episode eight of the Sneakers and Cleats podcast. As always, I'm your host, Matt Roy, joined by a uh, guest today, Rocky. How are you? Very hungry. Very hungry. It's a, you've been up since what time? 5.30 a.m. That's gross. Um, Rocky is our one of our assignment desk editors here in uh, at WAIKBB. He gets here at 5 o'clock in the morning sometimes. Yeah, when I feel like it. <laughs> And so uh, we're filming this at about, or recording this at about 1.30, and he is uh, very hungry. So we're going to get him out of here soon. But something very exciting, we have a new open that Paul, one of our photogs, made for us. So we're going to play that, and from now on, when uh, you click play on this podcast, this is what you'll hear, unless they make us a new one. But for now, this is what you'll hear. The San Antonio Spurs select Victor Wembanyama. How about them Cowboys? Wimpy for three. It's in the air and it is caught. Oh my God. Oh my God. Sneakers and Cleats, the podcast. My main man, Paul, made that for us. So that's nice of him. Um, got a loaded loaded docket here with Rocky and I uh, for this eighth episode of Sneakers and Cleats. It's a people think it's a dead period in sports, and there's nothing of the sort, especially as we go into training camp. So we're going to talk uh, downtown stadium in San Antonio, what the Spurs super team is, something I saw on Twitter I thought would be interesting to talk about. Plus, Tony Pollard not getting a long-term extension with the Cowboys, as well uh, as the state of the running back position in the NFL, which uh, is pretty crappy plus let's rank our top 10 quarterbacks because why the hell not we uh need something to talk about and that's always fun so plus i think you'll uh, hate my list so oh god as a quick reminder you can download rate review and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast and on youtube thank you for all the support as i said i am matt roy i am not joined by don harris or chuck megatinic today they, Chuck is on vacation, so I'm not going to bug him, and Don has had a very busy day, so we're going to leave him alone as well, but we have Rocky Garza, so yeah. tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, uh, born and raised here for 27 years, man, and uh, one big fun fact about me is I've never seen the Cowboys win a Super Bowl in my lifetime. Yeah, you've barely seen them win any playoff games. Yeah, barely. <laughs> At least I have the Spurs, though, so that's good for me. <laughs> I mean, that makes up for it a little bit, right? Yeah, and I probably will never see them win a, a Super Bowl, honestly. That damn, yeah. Damn. I mean, I'm not that that fake kind of fan. I'm kind of optimistic, you know. I, I get my you? hopes up. Are <laughs> you don't seem like? I it. mean, I, I kind of am, but I mean, it's just like get my hopes up, and then I get let down, and just a uh, whole, you know, just nonstop cycle. Well, let's talk about your Cowboys because um, I woke up to headlines made today. Uh, this wasn't on my original rundown that I made yesterday because I woke up this morning and Zach Martin now is apparently requesting a uh, new contract. And then I started diving into the specifics of it, and it makes a lot of sense why he needs one. <laughs> he is the best guard in the league, and he has been for since he came into the league in uh, 2014? Yeah, 14. 14. Um, 
I think he has more all pro appearances and pro bowl appearances than he does holding calls ever <laughs> since he came into the league. He was announced today that he is part of the 99 club in Madden and uh, he is the only interior offensive lineman that's a 99. And he's the eighth highest paid guard in the league. Thoughts? The Cowboys better give that man whatever he wants. Because, I mean, I understand, you know, people say, well, you got to spread the money throughout everywhere. And some some certain people don't deserve as much. But, I mean, dude, it's Zach freaking Martin, man. I'm like, this guy is a legend. Hall of Fame. You know, he's one of the arguably. He's going to walk into the Hall of Fame. Oh, exactly. And he's one of the arguably your best, you know, linemen in Cowboys history. I mean, there's no reason why you shouldn't be paying this this guy, and, and I think they always just re- reconstructed his contract year after year after year, and now just caught up to them, and he deserves to get paid. But the thing is, like they're in such a bad spot with contracts, they still need to re-sign Trayvon Diggs, which it said they want to do. They want to mm-hmm. re-sign C.D. Lamb. They want to restructure Dak's contract. They maybe they want to sign Tony Pollard. Who knows? Yeah. But they have plenty of guys that need the money and need uh, to be re-signed. This is the last thing they needed as they were about to go into training <laughs> camp. They I got mean, Micah Parsons coming up next year too, and they're going to throw thirty million dollars a year at him. Yeah, no, and it's just it, they're going to have to make hard decisions. And you may see a guy, you know, that's a, one of the favorites of elite players leave from the Cowboys. I mean, that's just the reality of it. You have to take care of that advantage of that rookie deal in that window. And Cowboys had chances. You know, Cowboys could have won last year against the 49ers, but they just beat themselves. I mean, it reminds me of that uh, DeMarcus Ware situation where they wanted him back, but they had a certain price point in mind. And once the Broncos offered him a little bit more than that price point, they were like, even though he's a franchise staple and he's always going to be a Cowboy, mm-hmm. we got to let him go. Exactly. And if I, and all those names you mentioned, if I had to really just kind of look in the future and guess who would be that guy that would kind of let go, I would imagine Trayvon Diggs. That'd be, that'd be my guy to kick the can down the road. Man. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's a good cornerback. Don't get me wrong. He's a playmaker. Mm-hmm. When he doesn't make plays, the other team does, though. <laughs> exactly. And, like, he, he allows too many big offensive plays when he's going for the interception. He's going for that ball hawk. Kind of kind of thing you saw it with the 49ers in the divisional round, mm-hmm. where he dropped the pick from Brock Purdy that would have changed the game. Mm-hmm. And so if he if he's not making those big plays, what's he really doing there? And he, I mean, especially with how much corners are getting paid right now, yeah. that's the one that I see that might be able to be let go and draft his replacement. Yeah, no, and I love the guy, but I just feel like the cornerback position is easy to replace because you don't find a Michael Parsons everywhere you go, man. I mean, this guy's arguably top two already. And people are saying he's the top player over on the NFL. It's like that's a big accomplishment from what he went from, you know, just coming out of Penn State, kind of just a freakish linebacker to this. I mean, if we're going to talk about Madden ratings, I mean, Zach Martin's 99, Micah Parsons, I believe, is a 97, and he's the only two people he's behind is Miles Garrett and Aaron Donald, who's also part of the 99 mm-hmm. club. Like, I would, I would argue he's better than Miles Garrett, but oh, if yeah. you're up there with those three players, I, I think you're doing something right. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. And it's just Aaron Donald's on a new level, but I mean, Micah's really closely approaching it, man. But I mean, talking about Zach Martin, they've got a lot of young guys on that offensive mm-hmm. line. Zach Martin is the old head. He's he's the one, him and Tyron Smith are the, are the only holdovers from that Travis Frederick um, great offensive line from a couple of years ago. Uh-huh. And. Tyron Smith, this is his last season. Oh, for I, sure. There's no doubt about that, in my in my mind at least. Mm-hmm. Tyler Biotish is going to be coming up, and, and that's another guy that they're going to have to re-sign. But it, when you look at it, Zach Martin's 32 years old. Is he worth $21 million a year? 
That's what Corey Lindstrom's getting is twenty point five. That's what Quentin Nelson's getting is twenty million dollars. Mm-hmm. Is Zach Martin worth twenty one million dollars a year as he heads into his age thirty two season? A thousand percent. I mean, why? It, I, why? It's a guard. I mean, you're never you're not going to find a Zach Martin out there. I mean, who are you going to go? You're going to have an inexperienced offensive line, and you're going to see Dak just running for his life like he did, you know, in this past year. I mean, they've you got Terrence Steele who's playing right tackle right now. You still got Tyler Smith. Mm-hmm. Tyler Biotish is holding down that he's really, really good. He's he's not Travis Frederick good, but he's really mm-hmm. freaking good at center. They they need some help if Zach Martin's this disgruntled. But I I don't know what they can do this year. I mean, they're gonna have to pay, figure it out soon because if he's gonna hold out, I mean, what are you gonna do? I and mean, who are you gonna throw in that's gonna be you know giving Dak that comfortability in front of him? They were also talking about using training camp as that time to re-sign uh, and sign those extensions with CD, Terrence Steele, mm-hmm. and Trayvon Diggs, they did not need this headache. <laughs> they, yeah. like, when we, right when we all thought that we were going to go into training camp and everything was going to be fine, mm-hmm. their best player is making a fuss. <laughs> and he even changed his profile picture today to the, I saw the 99, to the 99 <laughs> uh, right when this news came out. Like, Adam Schefter released it. And then, like a half hour later, he changed his profile picture on Twitter to his Madden uh, picture, where it had a ninety-nine overall next to him. And I was just like, "Damn, savage!" <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> hey, I don't blame him, man. Man wants his money. Well, I uh, I, th- I think they need to restructure it, but it's like you don't have that much money left. I think they're going to restructure and they're trying to put the money more down the line. I mean, that's what they keep doing, and they're just probably going to do that and give more more money, just bonuses and trying to more guaranteed money up front. Yeah, I mean, knowing the Cowboys, they'll figure something out this off yeah. season, but it's just it's a headache they didn't need. Oh, 100%. Well, let's make uh let's make some headlines. So, it's always fun to rank stuff in the off season. <laughs> I tasked Rocky with coming up with his quarterback rankings after ESPN came out with their top 10. So, top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL. ESPN's list is this. Number 1, Patrick Mahomes. Number two, Joe Burrow. Number three, Josh Allen. Number four, Aaron Rodgers. Number five, Justin Herbert. Six, Jalen Hurts. Seven, Lamar Jackson. Eight, Trevor Lawrence. Nine, Dak. Ten. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Stafford. Before we, before we jump into ours, what were your thoughts on that? I mean... The one, the one guy that I just feel like shouldn't be up there. I know he's super uber talented, but he's been having injuries and he's super iffy this year because of his his elbow. Is Stafford, I don't know about Stafford, man. I mean, he's getting older. He's on the older side, and he is he he can still lead a team. But I mean, this guy's on his shoulder. I mean, uh, not shoulder, elbow injury. And so, what are you gonna do if he goes down? I mean, yeah, they had Baker Mayfield, but they still they still were a bad team. And but I guess the only other disagreement I have with that rankings also is I would likely move Jalen Hurts up at least five. I mean, Herbert is a hell of a quarterback. 
Don't get me wrong. And he's going to be a better quarterback fantasy-wise for all those fantasy goers with Taylor Moore there in a, in a fantasy-friendly offense. But Jalen Hurts showed what he can do. I mean, is the offensive coordinator the reason why he did it? Who knows? But Jalen Hurts will let them do the Super Bowl. And without them, they're probably not there. All right. Let's hear yours. Give, give, me, give me one to ten. Actually, give me one through five first. So I think we agree on most of the top five. So one, so one through four is pretty much the same. Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, Rodgers. But my number five is Hurts. Okay. As I mentioned, you know, Hurts let them to the Super Bowl. And as much as I hate saying it because I'm a diehard Cowboys fan, he's a he's a really good quarterback. I mean, I always watch, loved watching him in college. I didn't like when he played when watching him at OU when he played UT. But I mean, it is what it is. But you have to give him his respect. I mean, there was someone else that was top five previous, but he hasn't been playing. But I'll go with you. What do you got? All right, I got for my top five. I got Mahomes. Duh. Um, I can't believe that was actually a question last year. It's like, oh, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow. No, it's it's Patrick, and it probably will be for the next fifteen yeah. years. Uh, two, I got Burrow because he's swaggy, and he's he's the second best quarterback in the league. Like, oh. there, if there's someone that I want the ball in his hands with one minute left, it's going to be either him or Patrick Mahomes. And he's so, they're both so nonchalant about it. Plus, he his weapons make him so good, so I want to see like what happens when that receiving core gets broken up, but that's not going to happen this year. Mm-hmm. So as of this year, he's my number two. Uh, Jalen Hurts is my number three. Okay. He had an incredible year. He has all the tools. He has the smarts. He has the maturity. He has the weapons. He has the legs. I'm worried about injury. Very worried about injury with him because of how many hits he takes. But... He kind of just has that perfect storm. He has Nick Sirianni. I'm curious as to how he's going to do with the new offensive coordinator, but Nick Sirianni is the one that calls the plays anyway. So I'm not really worried about too much turnover on the offense. He has Jason Kelsey coming back, and that's the that's the the stabilizer on the offensive uh-huh. line. Everything is lining up for him to have another incredible year, and I think what he did last year allows, and being second in the MVP voting, allows him to come in and be number three. I got Herbert at four. Oh. I it pains me. I'm a Bronco fan. It pains me to have two quarterbacks in the top five or top four from my division. <laughs> but damn, he's so good. He has so much talent, and the only thing that's holding him back is his freaking head coach. Hey, Brandon Staley is just a freaking mess, man. And he's the reason that they're losing these games. He, I blame Brandon Staley last year for that collapse against the Jags. Dude, I was just about to bring that up. It's and. And one thing I, you know, before you tell me your five is like, I think the most interesting quarterback matchup for the future besides you know Mahomes, Burrow. I I like watching Herbert versus T Law. You know, T Law showed up, and even though it was more of a mess on the Chargers, he showed up in that in that playoff game and let let the Jaguars over. I mean, I know they lost the next week, but still, it's I love watching both for them both. And then I got I got Allen at five. Uh, it's it's the red zone turnovers for me. Like he he reminds me a lot of a late 90s Kurt Warner where it's like, I don't care how many times you turn over the ball, we're going to score a 1,000 points. Well, guess what? You can't every time. And you need to be safe with the ball and not turn the ball over in the red zone. And so it's kind of just that thing where it's like, he's the gunslinger. He reminds me of Brett Favre, reminds me of Kurt Warner. But if you want to be a great quarterback, Brett Favre only won one Super Bowl. Kurt Warner only won one Super Bowl. You got to step up. Now, did you have Josh Allen higher last season when uh, before the turnovers? I didn't go in three. Three? I didn't three last year. Um, so that's five for me. Six, I got Lamar. Okay, I respect that. I don't like the injury concern. When he's on the field, he's obviously amazing. Uh-huh. Still worries me a little bit about his passing ability. But with him, Odell this year, Mark Andrews coming back, 
Still got J.K. Dobbins, got the weapons. He's got the offensive line. Ronnie Stanley is healthy now. So I'm, I, I think I trust Lamar a little bit more than I trust the rest of the guys on this list. But what's your six? Herbert. Okay. That makes sense. Seven? T-Law. I got T-Law at seven. Eight's Lamar for me. Okay, well, T-Law is the one that jumped in from last year. Obviously, yes, with yes. Urban Meyer, he was horrible. <laughs> and he, I think, like, I'm not breaking any new ground here. Last year was his rookie year. Like, throw, oh. throw his rookie year out. He came in. Him and Doug Peterson are a match made in heaven. Uh-huh. Put Calvin Ridley on this team this year with Christian Kirk, with Evan Ingram, with uh, Clemson running back, uh, uh, Travis, e- Travis Etienne. The, these guys are on fire, and they are going to be a force to be reckoned with this year because of T-Law. Yeah, and, I, and before the Cowboys hired Mike McCarthy, I wanted the Cowboys to get Doug Peterson so bad. Yeah. I, I love Doug Peterson. I love Doug. He's such, such, such a good offensive mind. Even though he was with Philly, I just loved watching him, and I was like, please just let him get with Dak. But... All right, eight, I got A-Rodge. I got Lamar. I can't put A-Rodge any higher than eight. I mean, the reason being I put Rodgers five is because of this God-gifted talent, man. He's 40 years old, almost. Is he? And, Something close to 40 years and old. And if he's playing your Broncos, you're still scared of them on a two-minute Absolutely drive. not. I have Russ. <laughs> <laughs> Bronco Nation. Bronco let's Nation, ride. let's ride. Um I just want I want to see what he can do on a new team. If yeah. he was still if he was still on the Packers with the same roster or maybe a little bit different of a roster, I think I would rate him higher. Mm-hmm. But I want to see how he meshes with all these new guys because what Aaron Rodgers does is he is very timing oriented mm-hmm. and he needs to practice with these guys. He needs to get the timing down. That's why it's a good thing Alan Lazard came over. But I want to see how he is with Garrett Wilson. He could prove me wrong and be the best. He could win MVP again this mm-hmm. year. I have no doubt that Aaron Rodgers could win MVP again this year. Yeah, but I I need to see it. No, that makes sense, and it should be interesting that Jets team and and especially them being a hard knock. Oh, it's gonna, gonna be a mess. It's gonna be interesting watching them. Did Did you see what Aaron Rodgers said when they asked him about cramming hard it down their throat? Yeah, that, and he said that he wants to meet the guy who does like the narration. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck and I talked about this a little while ago. I've never watched one one second of Hard Knocks. Really, ever. But I might watch this year. Was there a reason why? I just I don't have HBO first of all. Oh, but yeah. but uh, no. Besides that, no. I just never really had interest in watching. I mean, I only watched the Cowboys one last year. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, give me nine and ten. Dak and Stafford. So you have give me your whole list. So I have Mahomes one, Burrow two, Allen three, Rogers four, Hertz five, Herbert six, T Law seven, Lamar eight, nine Dak, and then ten Stafford. Why Dak and Stafford? Who? So I, the way I see it, I understand, you know, people are like, well, Dak's a turnover quarterback. And he did throw – stats don't lie, he did throw out of pitch. But without Dak, when people are like, let's move on from – where do the Cowboys go, realistically? I mean, it, there's a lot of factors that, that contributed to Dak's inaccuracies. And, you know, he fields a team uh, – uh, last season when he had his receivers in week one, he had uh, Dennis Houston as his wide receiver one. Are you expected to succeed? I mean – and then he has O line problems, and then he had an old running back with Zeke who can't get a damn yard, <laughs> and so then, and but then like eventually it, tur- it turned up down the road. But like that's a gunslinger, like kind of like how you mentioned that Kurt Warren. I kind of like say see it in a way because he's gonna take those risks. I mean, do you want a guy who's kind of like Daniel Jones just checking it down? What what is Daniel Jones gonna do now without Saquon if he doesn't show up? You know, he's gonna. Not, who's he going to check it down to? You know, Noah Dre. I guess, but, but I mean, without Dak, the Cowboys don't go anywhere. Dalton Schultz ain't there this year. 
So I, think I think they'll be fine still. All right. I'll just say it. I don't have Dak in my top 10. I mean, I respect it. Not a lot of people do. I don't have Dak. Well, I mean, ESPN has him at 9. I got him at 11. He's my first man off. Mm-hmm. But the two I have above him, I think, are <laughs> is going to be uh, a little bit of a talking point. I have uh, Jared Goff at 9 and, and Kirk Cousins at 10. Why Jared Goff? Did you see the Lions last year? I mean, I did. I, I did, yeah. Did you see how well he played last I, I, year? I, I could argue I'd put Jared Goff for Stafford just because 20, Stafford 27 injured. touchdowns last year. I think he only had six picks or seven picks, something like that. Or maybe it was nine. Anyway, it was way less than Dak. They, and they're primed to take a step forward this year. Mm-hmm. Jared Goff played like a number one pick last year. He played out of his freaking mind. And Kirk Cousins... He's steadily been climbing, and I love him and Kevin O'Connell. Him, him, those weapons with Jay Jettas, they're very, very problematic for everybody in the NFC. The NFC's wide open. Oh, yeah, 100%. And I just don't think that Dak has it in him not to turn the ball over. He had, Four of his seven seasons have been over 10 interceptions. Mm-hmm. This year he's... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. He said he's not going to have 10 interceptions. Maybe he'll have 20. <laughs> but I can't trust him. I yeah. can't trust him. He has two playoff wins in his career. That's the same amount Blake Bortles has. Mm-hmm. Like, you said it earlier, you've never seen your team win a Super Bowl. He's not going to get them there. I have I think I've come to the conclusion he's not going to get them there and that he is a less than top 10 quarterback, but above top 20, you know? Yeah, and see, I, I could throw Goff in there, but the only reason I don't include Kirk in there is because of his playoff resume also. I just feel like in primetime, Kirk's not that guy. I mean, he was last year on Thanksgiving. But, Prime time, <laughs> but 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 then you also I I agree with you. I mean, as much as I love Dak, you know, great guy. You know, I never met him, but you can see what he's done in the community and never that. Dak's not going to lead them to the playoffs. He seems like a, a Super Bowl. Excuse me. He seems like a good dude, and I'm not. Yeah. It has nothing to do with his character or anything of that nature. It's mm-hmm. just I don't think that he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback, and I don't think he's going to lead the Cowboys to a Super Bowl. Now, I always ask this. You know, you don't think he's going to lead them to the Super Bowl, but like, could there be? A way that the Cowboys can go to the Super Bowl, even if he's at the helm, like if you know they they have a good, really good stellar defense, or they you know they utilize running back, kind of just feed the ball more. Like, I mean, that's what Mac has talked about a little bit this year yeah. is wanting to get, have a more balanced offense, kind of take yeah. the ball out of Dak's hands a little bit more, give it to Pollard, give it to Rojo, give it to mm-hmm. all the running backs that they have. But even that, to me, is an indictment on the quarterback. Because I mean, arguably, the one team I think of is. The Ravens when they won the Super Bowl was Joe Flacco elite. Don't I don't want to talk about that one. But 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 the other thing about it, I mean, I the Mile High Miracle still haunts me <laughs> to this day. But the other thing, Raheem Moore, yeah, Raheem, yeah, Raheem Moore 
misplaying that heave to Jacoby Jones, coming up <laughs> five really... yards short with his. Mm. I can't do it, guys. Can't. I'm gonna cuss on this podcast if I talk about this anymore. <laughs> but that's just the way I see it. Is is like there's there can be a way, but it has to be a, a led by a committee, and there has to be a lot of a lot of lucky breaks. A lot of things just just have to happen to the adaptive play. So I I lived under the. Um, the philosophy that you didn't need a really good quarterback to win the Super Bowl mm-hmm. for a really long time. I'll be the first to tell you that the Broncos won a Super Bowl in 2015-16 with a bad quarterback. <laughs> yes. Peyton Manning was a bad quarterback then. 100%. And I'll be the first to admit it to you. I'm past that now. The you we're past the time where you can't win with a or where you where you have to have like a mediocre quarterback. Mm-hmm. You have to have a great quarterback now to win a Super Bowl. Because it's so pass heavy. Oh, yeah. And so Dak, I don't think out of the top 10, I don't think Kirk will ever win one. I don't think Jared Goff will ever win one. Mm-hmm. I don't think Dak will ever win one. Aaron Rodgers, I don't think he'll, he'll, he'll win another one. Uh-huh. I would say only the top seven quarterbacks are going to win a, a Super Bowl this year or or next year in the coming season. Yeah, and, and, and going off that, I mean, I, I, could, I could agree to that. But it's just like you have – you know, good to great guys, quarterbacks, you know, so, some of the list compile it. But then you have those elite guys I just feel like can take you. You know, you have a Mahomes, a Burrow, and Allen, Hurts. But, I mean, if I had to really narrow it down to just the five, I would say Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, Hurts, and just a wild card is Herbert. I mean, I was, I'm excited. Herbert is the most exciting quarterback for me just coming here just because see what he can do with natural, competent <laughs> offensive I mean, yeah, Kellen Moore's going to help him a lot. Yeah, so, but I just think we're going to see for a while. And what excites me also is – we're gonna see like this generation of where how we had the Brady, Peyton Manning rivalries. You're gonna see Mahomes, Burrow, Mahomes, Allen, and I think you know it's gonna be fascinating to watch the AFC. I mean, I feel like AFCs are gonna be taking titles for most of these next coming years. All right, so um, number ten, I lied to everybody. It's actually Russell Wilson. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's get on to the Tony Pollard news that happened on Monday. Um, it wasn't just Tony Pollard though, and, and the crappiest part about all of it is that the running back position has been devalued to the point where it is now. Mm-hmm. Tony Pollard is going to be, I think, third um, in average ABV, uh, average uh, salary along with the other two guys, Josh Jacobs and, and Saquon Barkley, because they signed those tags. Mm-hmm. You have Joe Mixon taking less money to stay with his team. You have Derrick Henry tweeting out. You have Christian McCaffrey tweeting out the state of this position. Austin Eckler, who actually played against in college, very nice guy, um, tweeting out their displeasure with this. But the stats are what they are. Mm-hmm. You can and will win. If you're not paying your running back, I don't know how it changes. And I wish I had the magic core to tell you how it changes. And I think just like some people to like just put it in the perspective, the most uh, guaranteed money that uh, can you guess what running backs getting the most guaranteed money this coming season? Bijan Robinson. Yep. And that's crazy. He's a rookie. Well, that and that's only because of the rookie pay. No, scale. no, exactly, and that's just a crazy thing to think. Because I mean, if you think about it, this past off season, the the run running back that kind of got paid was Miles Sanders. And it was six million dollars. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, that's not even you know up there. But I think it's just gonna stay like this for a while because I mean, you saw back then with the Todd Gurley's of the road and Zeke's of the contracts and Christian McCaffrey. Arguably, they don't want to pay the running backs anymore. I mean, it's just you can just find them in their draft. It's just so annoying though because it's like 
not even annoying to me. I, I guess annoying is probably the wrong word to use, but running back used to be the glamour position. Mm-hmm. Used to be. It changed when Zeke got his deal. Because one year later, he, he was boo-boo. And after that, and then after Le'Veon Bell hold, held out that entire year and then got that deal from the Jets, guess what mm-hmm. happened? He stunk. Mm-hmm. Ever since those two, Nick Chubb's the last one to get a big deal. It's been 700 and some odd days, excuse me, since Nick Chubb got his deal. It's just really, really uh, unfortunate that the world sees running backs this way now when you have guys that are such playmakers and so good. Austin Eckler will win you a fantasy league by himself. Thousand percent. He did last year for me. Same. So... It, but he's and he's arguing and trying to fight for two million dollars when you have Zach when you, not Zach Martin Zach Martin's a bad um, a bad uh, example. You have wide receiver threes that are making more than Austin Eckler. Mm-hmm. That's just disappointing, man. And I think you go, going back to what you said, it's just such a pass happy, uh, heavy league, and that's one of the aspects of it because the game's revolving. And now nowadays, when you see in the draft, like the main question is talent evaluators be like, can this guy catch out of the backfield? You know, and in the past, you know, you had those guys, those those unicorns that could catch out of the backfield. And I think one uh, running back that I think of right away that kind of lived in the wrong era was Reggie Bush. You know, Reggie, Reggie, you know, was with New Orleans and bounced around some other teams, but he never got to live with the hype. But imagine if he was in this era. I mean, he probably wouldn't get paid either, but he'd be one of the top running backs still. Last five years, the running back or the leading rusher on the uh, Super Bowl winning team last year, Isaiah Pacheco. He's making less than a million dollars. Cam Akers made a little bit more than a million dollars. Leonard Fournette, two million dollars with the Bucks. He got paid more as a rookie when he got drafted by the Jags. Mm-hmm. Damian Williams with the Chiefs, a little bit more than a million dollars, one point oh five. Sony Michelle with the Patriots, less than five hundred thousand dollars is what they're paying these running backs, and they're winning the Super Bowl. It's unbelievable, and it's I don't know what the I don't know what can be done, but. Any Cowboys fan should you should you should relish in seeing Tony Pollard because you're not going to see him again next year. Oh yeah, and everybody accepted that fact. I mean, I I, I was like looking at running backs already in next year's draft, mm-hmm. kind of just thinking of who they're going to go. I mean, I like Malik Davis, who's behind uh, um, behind Pollard, and you better because you're going to need him next year. <laughs> no, and I will. And I, me personally, you talk about Rojo. I don't think Rojo was going to make it. Um, I do like Deuce Vaughn as well, but he is little. But I, I just want to see what they're gonna do. But yeah, I don't see Tony Pollard living in the Cowboys uniform next year. I mean, and it's gonna be a Dalton Schultz situation. I said it on air last night. Dalton Schultz got uh, the franchise tag from the Cowboys last season. Played for one year. Guess where he is? The Texans. Mm-hmm. They're not gonna pay that position because guess what there is in the draft? Tight ends. The only teams that are going to draft tight ends high are teams that think that there's a Travis Kelsey or a George Kittle or someone in there. Tight end is the next running back because there's a billion of them. And you got to see, and you get one cheap, you hold on to them for five years, and then you get another one. Would you also, it sucks. I was say, would you also say arguably wide receiver is going to be up next also? No, because I think wide receiver is the glamour position now. It has always been kind of a glamour position yeah. with Michael Irvin and Randy Moss and all those guys. But wide receiver is becoming so pivotal uh-huh. in the NFL. You need three now. So whether it's the Bengals, whether it's the Broncos, whether it's anybody, that's the position that's going to step up now. They are the new running back. Mm-hmm. And it kind of sucks that it's that way, but it is what it is. 
you know. Yeah, no, I have to agree. So let's get to the Spurs. Um, a lot of talk about a new downtown stadium, but I don't know why everyone's so shook up about this because it's like, did you not see this coming? I mean, everyone had to know this was coming. You, it, it was reported Wimby was bringing about a five hundred million dollar impact, and do you think he was going to stay at AT and T Center forever? Most likely not. I mean, there's really no development around there, uh, and it sucks. I mean, I wish there was. I wish you know the Spurs would, you know kind of tackle it, but I mean, it's it is what it is, and it, even if that means the AT and T Center stays vacant or gets knocked down, I mean. I doubt it gets knocked down. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. But stays vacant in a sense. I mean, they're going to have to move eventually. Well, you know what stinks about it is that when there is another one, which another center, they want to build it south of uh, Alamo, the Alamo Dome. Mm-hmm. They're going to have the Alamo Dome with a mouth to feed. They're going to have this new stadium with a mouth to feed. They're going to have a baseball field with a, with a mouth to feed. And they're going to have the AT&T Center with a mouth to feed. The AT&T Center is going to end up like the old Houston Alamo Dome where it's just run down and it's costing taxpayers to to keep it um, maintained. Uh-huh. What else are you, what are you going to get there? If I was an act, and if say I'm Taylor Swift or whoever, and I'm going to go on a concert tour, where am I going to play? The AT&T Center? Or am I going to play at a new stadium downtown? A new stadium. Exactly. So that AT&T Center then is just a $250 million doorstop at that point used for the rodeo yeah exactly and then it's that's brings in a lot of business but it ain't worth that you know so let's uh don talked about this a little bit last night on air and uh in his uh extra point so let's hear from don real quick and then we will uh get right back to it so let's hear from don let's be honest downtown is the right place for both baseball and the spurs and progress is the right thing for San Antonio. The writing was on the wall when the new Missions owners and the Spurs owners became one and the same. The talk has accelerated with the addition of Victor Wimbanyama, who is only guaranteed to be a Spur for five years. He will soon practice at the Rocket La Cantera, a facility that will open as the best of its kind, a project years in the making with the future in mind. And that's what the stadium discussion comes down to. See the future? or live in the past. County leaders say the AT&T Center is perfectly fine, and it is, for now. When it was built, the county stepped up when the city would not, and it saved the Spurs from leaving. But it's 20 years old now, it's out of the way, and county leaders protecting their own interest is understandable. But they likely know better. The future is downtown. Imagine a complex just south of the Alamo Dome with a new arena and a baseball stadium across the way where the Institute of Culture sits now, or near San Pedro Creek, an entire entertainment district with restaurants and retail, residential and more, all within walking distance and with access to new modern transit. San Antonio now has the power players to make that happen. Developers, civic leaders and big name investors, all who love this town and who have a vision for the future. It takes visionaries like McAllister and McCombs and Cisneros and Wender to overcome the short-sighted naysayers. It's funny how we don't remember their names. Now, who will pay for what and will be discussed and debated and the devil will be in the details. But the future of sports in San Antonio is a multi-stadium downtown district that pushes our city forward. After all, we can't be whining about Austin if we're not willing to do better. So this stadium dream will happen because it has to and because it's what great cities do. 
Don talked to the mayor uh, about this right before the draft, and he's like, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm already in conversations with the Spurs. But you see people like like Councilman, um, District 2 Councilman uh, Jalen McKee Rodriguez yesterday was like, we were supposed to develop the east side, and he's for the east side, obviously. He's a little biased for that. So he was like, we're supposed to develop the east side with the AT&T Center. We're supposed to develop the everything around it. None of that happened. Nothing. Literally. There's a Coca-Cola factory there and like two little taco stands and that's it. Mm-hmm. Is that going to happen again? Like with with downtown? Like, is Why did that happen in the first place, I guess, is what they have to get to the bottom of and how can they prevent that from happening if you're going to use acres and acres and acres of land and premium real estate downtown by the Alamo Dome to build a new stadium? I think this time it's going to be different because, I mean, you already had the city trying to tackle you know, bringing in college kids and kind of utilizing UTSA as, as, as its factors, you know, their hope is let's build these, you know, condos and apartments to get these college kids to make it more of a college town, which I'm all for. I mean, I mean, I know some people are like, well, I don't want to change San Antonio. I want to keep it the way it is. But I mean, you have to evolutionize, you know, growing and developing the city is only going to be beneficial for people. I mean, you can't just, you know, keep it old and run down and real historical. And there's nothing wrong with that, you know. Um, me, me, being, me being from San Antonio. But the thing is, I think it's good that we want to tackle those efforts. And I think it'll be good, uh, different this time around. Because, I mean, you couldn't, you you never would have thought last year we were going to get Wembenyama. I mean, no one did. I mean, we, yeah, we wanted to tank. We had people, oh, team, team, team playing. But then it happened. And now this is like a once-in-a-generational prospect that you get, and it's kind of just brings that, you know, feeling of the Tim Duncan eras. But, I mean, he, this guy is bigger than Tim Duncan, you know, name-wise, and you just see how much value he's going to bring in. So why not let's develop the area? I like that we're developing the area and we're making this into a San, futuristic San Antonio and all that stuff. I hate the argument where it's like, we have to build this stuff to keep him. Yeah. That's so stupid, in my opinion. We're yeah. not spending, like, it's not my money. I mean, it doesn't matter to me. I mean, mm-hmm. except for my tax dollars or whatever. They're not building a $500 million training facility and park in the rock up at La Cantera to keep Victor Wimanyama. They're not building what would probably be a multi-billion dollar venture in downtown San Antonio just to keep Victor Wimanyama. Mm-hmm. They're building it to, to bring San Antonio into the future. Uh-huh. to keep their team, to make this more than market 32, which we are right now, the 32 biggest media market in the country. They're doing this for so much more, or they want to do it for so much more than just Victor Rembignama. And when it, when I hear those arguments where it's like, he's not going to want to stay in San Antonio, you have no idea what he wants to do. You have no idea if he's going to want to go to the Lakers because the Lakers are the biggest team or the Knicks or whoever or wherever. San Antonio is a great basketball city. It's always been a great basketball city, and it always will be a great basketball city. Building something that will invest in the future of the city is not just to keep one player. It's to keep San Antonio on the map. Yeah, and then and also, you know, just to piggyback off that, you know, you had those people who were like, well, maybe they want to go to Austin, this and that, and they got mad when the Spurs played in Austin, but why not expand your fandom, you know? You know, and let's say you build a stadium, people are going to want to come from Austin to, to come down here. I mean, it's not a long drive. Why not, you know, go into the future? And I think also to go off, you know, they're not building for Wimby. I mean, they're building it just like you said for the future, but also to attract, you know, maybe future players. I mean, if you're a free agent and say the Spurs have money, your big name, are you considering San Antonio for the money 
or are you going to go to one of more kind of a well-known market? I mean, you've seen in the past the Spurs are not known to attract free agents. I mean, it is what it is. We're a small market team, and the one reason that, that the one main factor is why they come is because of Pop. What are you going to do when Pop's gone? I mean, you got to attract people in a certain way, and, and you know, Wimby's only going to get better, and the Spurs are only going to go up, so why not develop up with the team? It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me why they wouldn't. Mm-hmm. I Let me rephrase. It makes sense why they wouldn't, but they should. Yeah. Because you need that development. The Alamo Dome is now 35 years old, I believe. Uh-huh. Um, I should know that. I did a story on it the other day or a couple, a couple weeks ago. But the Alamo Dome is only degressing and, and getting worse. Yeah. Regressing. You need something new and shiny. Every single city in America that wants a professional football team, baseball team, basketball team, hockey team is building a new shiny arena. Look oh, at what man. Vegas just did with this orb thing. <laughs> yeah. That looks like an eyeball one day and then a basketball the next. $2.3 billion. You need to spend money to make money. You need to spend money to keep your city progressing. And the mayor, I think Sakai, the county judge, all of them are very um, forward thinking. Uh-huh. to the point where I think they'll get it done. And this isn't going to happen tomorrow. It's not like they're breaking ground on something tomorrow. Yeah. But for everyone who's like, why are we spending hundreds of millions of dollars, billions of dollars on the Spurs? You're not just spending it on the Spurs. You're spending that money to bring a stadium downtown for mad dogs out on the Riverwalk and for the convention center to bring more people there, for the little mom-and-pop taco shop down there, the margarita shop that you love to go to when you go down downtown, or even when you get off of the freeway and over on the other side, on the east side, those all those little taco shops and burrito shops and mom-and-pop stores and corner stores, you're doing it for development of those as well. No, and I completely agree. And, you know, kind of another area, you know, if you build it kind of near the Alamo Dome, one area that's going to benefit is St. Paul Square. I mean, in the past, they've tried to develop the St. Paul Square with multiple bars, and it just fails. It's kind of just like an empty area, and which I just feel like they need to develop more. I mean, you see, you know, Francis Barclay just moved into there, and you know, but you only have like 1902, which is a club over there, right? Cellar, or or um, I forgot the name of a bar, but it's kind of like a dive bar. But there's nothing over there. I mean, yeah, Smoke Sky Bar is over there, but it's just like, all right, that's cool. You know, ask any you know local San Antonian. They, they kind of just say, well, there's no nightlife. Well, you build in the stadium, you build a whole district. There's gonna be more nightlife. It's not a bad thing. I mean, we got to develop eventually, you know, and people think, well, if we develop, we're going to be like Houston or Austin. No, we're our own identity. You know, I'm sure there'll be local owners who want to move in there and and get a part of it and tackle it. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, Every politician, whether it's city, county, state, or federal in Texas is going to have an opinion on this. Mm -hmm. And you have to be able to see through all that. So if you're invested in the Spurs, if you're invested in San Antonio, Take some, take what some of them say with a grain of salt, and um, we'll see we'll see what the what the what happens because talks are already going on behind the scenes, and I guarantee you that uh, Peter Holt is going to do it if he says if if he sees it to be a viable business venture for the Spurs Investment Group. But don't worry, I'm ninety nine point nine percent sure they're not moving to Austin. So, <laughs> all right, real quick, uh, this is already going a little longer than I wanted it to, but hey, Rocky's a great conversation, so. Let's get to the Spurs super team. We saw this on the on Twitter, on the tweets. Um, so I want to sound old. It's pretty uh, 
entertaining little list. So it's basically building your super team with $15. You have five players at $5, five at four, five at three, five at two, five at one. So for people who can't see it, I will um, tell you who's at each real quick. Actually, um, I won't tell you everybody because I'm going to get one of them wrong. So Rocky's <laughs> going to help me out. Uh, $5, Tony Parker, George Gervin, Kawhi Leonard, Tim Duncan, David Robinson. Obviously, five best players in franchise history. So, yeah. Oh, actually, take don't come at me right now, poor Vita. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, I don't think he's top five in Spurs history, but he is a great player <laughs> nonetheless. Okay. Don't come at me right now. Manu, Deontay Murray, DeMar DeRozan, Lamarcus Aldridge, and Artis Gilmore. Artis Gilmore, four. See? I need you to help me out. Uh, $3, Avery Johnson, Sean Elliott. Uh, I think that's Terry Cummins and Alvin Robinson. And then uh, and, Den- uh, and then Dennis, Dennis Rodman. Uh-huh. Uh, $2, Vinny Del Negro. Michael Finley, Bruce Bowen, Boris Diel, and Jakob. Thank you. And uh, $1, Patty Mills, Danny Green. Looks like... Kyle Anderson. Kyle Anderson, uh, Keldon, and Tiago Splitter. Tiago. Tiago. I'll give you mine real quick. Give me Timmy. All day, every day. Uh-huh. Twice on Sunday. Give me Manu. So that's $5 and $4. That's 9 bucks. Yes, sir. Give me Sean Bradley. That's 12 bucks. Sean Bradley or Sean Elliott? Sean Elliott. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, what? Give me Sean, I'm looking at all these players and their names are meshing together. Give me Sean Elliott. 3 bucks. So that's uh, that's 12 And then give me Patty because everyone loves Patty Mills. Uh-huh. And... I have two bucks left, so give me give me Jakob. So Jakob, Timmy, Sean, uh, Patty, and Manu. Goat status. See, this is why we're friends because we have the exact same. Do list. we really? <laughs> and I swear, I swear on everything. Let me my, see your paper. Matt, here. Matt's looking. It's a lot on top. And I wrote the exact same thing. Hell I, yeah! <laughs> and and I mean I mean yeah, because the way I think of it, it I kind of kind of thought of it. I was like, man, is there a way I can you know, you know do the twin towers you know, with Tim and David? And there is a way. I mean, you do Tim, David, and then you throw in let's say uh, Sean Elliott, and then. But I mean, just I don't know. I was kind of thinking that. I was thinking, give me Tim and David five bucks each, mm-hmm. and then give me Patty, Danny Green, and Sean Elliott. Yeah, I mean it's not a bad it's not a bad thing because I mean you you got the you got the uh, rim protected and Sean Elliott, you know he'll be he's just a defensive big guy and you got Danny he's got to hope Danny's you know <laughs> hitting hitting the shots because he's yeah. a sweet guy but I just love Patty you know just having him there um, but I think if I had to change the two dollar one it was kind of a toss up I would do Boris because I'm just a big Boris Diaw fan I almost chose Boris yeah and I mean there are there there's endless ways I mean I also thought about Kawhi and and, and Tim or George and Tim but I, I mean, there's just endless ways. I just think it's real fascinating to do. To me, I think that it Tim's non-negotiable. Oh yeah, Tim is Tim's on the team no matter what. My my thought was I need Manu, and not I need David, and maybe that's just me being younger than Don, <laughs> because I know Don would say he needs the twin towers. Mm-hmm. But when I was talking to Don yesterday, he's like, I need. Uh, $25 to make this team. And I was like, why? Because you just want everyone on the top row? He's like, no, sorry, $24. Uh, 
F Kawhi. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, I mean, but if you look at all time, man, you, you can have Twin Towers, George, Manu, and then maybe Tony. That's all time. I mean, yeah, and I'll and I mean I'll take that ten yeah. ways to Sunday, man. So. All right. Well, that was a extremely long version of uh, Sneaker Cleats podcast day, but we had so much to talk about, man. There's a lot going on. By the time uh, this comes out, we'll be in a couple of hours, so hopefully Zach Martin doesn't sign his contract by then. So, a uh, quick reminder: you can get this podcast wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Please download, subscribe, rate, review, and then if you want to unsubscribe, resubscribe, re-rate, re-review, give us a five-star rating and some feedback. Feedback is a gift, as Chad Millman always says. Um, we will be back on s- Monday, I believe, is when we're going to record for a full Dallas Cowboys training cramp. Training cramp. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I really need to just get off air to re- get off air right now. I am living on fumes. Training camp preview as they uh, get started next week. We'll, and then on Thursday, we're going to have Zach Hedrick there. He's going to join us for a little bit as well. He's our uh, going to be our our Dallas Cowboys insider. But, Rocky, any parting words? Um, Make sure you get a hot dog today. Today's National Hot Dog Day. What do you like on your hot dog? <sighs> um, I like mustard or ketchup. It depends. But if I'm making like a real extensive dog, chili dog easily, and maybe some Frito, Frito uh, on top of you. I am a more of a bratwurst guy because I love a good either a hot dog or a brat with uh, relish, sauerkraut, Ooh. and a little bit of Dijon mustard on there. Not the Bijan Mustardson? <laughs> Not Bijan <laughs> Mustardson. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for listening to the Sneakers Completes podcast, and we will see you on Monday.